In today's program, we continue our special series, Hearts and Minds Uplifted, a collection of short articles from the book of the same title. These stories by authors from all walks of life illustrate the tremendous personal growth that can be achieved by cultivating one's character through practicing Falun Gong. Finding Meaning in My Life by a Practitioner in China Veteran practitioners have already experienced what I am about to discuss. The purpose of writing this article is to sincerely encourage those who have just started this cultivation practice as well as those who have not yet begun. I hope you can all share my joy in finding new meaning in life, in getting rid of illnesses, and in elevating one's character from practicing Falun Dafa. In ancient and modern times, the most difficult thing in a family for a young woman is to get along with her mother-in-law. I do not mean to make critical comments about other people, but the real cause of all the hardship in my family was that we were all against truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. In short, before I began to practice, my family was already on the brink of breaking apart. My husband and I were on the verge of divorce. In order to release the pain in my heart, I used to read some spiritual books, but they didn't give me much help. At that time, I felt that I had no way out. My daughter and I had illnesses. My family fought all the time and were cold to one another. I was suffering both within and without. I felt hopeless and didn't know how I should spend the rest of my life. For the past ten years, our bitterness had piled up mountain high. There are sayings like, Take one step back. The ocean is broader and the sky is clearer. Forgiving others is one's joy. And no excuse for getting ill from being angry. I understood these sayings theoretically, and I tried to smile at my sadness, but my heart didn't feel that way. My body and mind were suffering all the time. On October 9, 1998, I began practicing Falun Dafa when a practitioner handed me Duan Falun. She told me that this book was very precious. I didn't realize that I had started a new life as I opened this book. Although I love reading books, I had never found a book like Juan Fallon that would inspire me so much. The words in this book are of great compassion and awe-inspiring righteousness. I couldn't wait to read through the whole book right away. My point of view about life was changed greatly, though I still had many questions in my mind. What really amazed me was that I could forgive my husband and his mother, unbelievably from my heart. I discovered the things that I had done wrong that had caused me such unforgettable pain and had haunted me for such a long time. I was contrite about hurting their feelings. The most difficult step was to admit my own wrongdoing and not complain about others, even bow to the person that hurt me. Ten years of hatred was released in one day. Only Juan Fallon could have such a power. 
A few days after I read the book, my husband suddenly got sick. He was sent to the emergency room. I stayed with him the whole time and took care of him with a sincere heart. I remembered one time when I had arthritis and wanted to see a doctor. He accused me of pretending sickness just to spend money. Now when he was sick, I took time off from work to take care of him. I could finally return his hatred with my virtue. After this adversity, my family gained good fortune and has been reunited. I know that my husband's illness was not accidental. It came on so fiercely, yet disappeared all of a sudden. And its outcome was that it brought us from the edge of divorce to reunion. After that, I played a tape from Master Lee's nine-day lecture series for my family, and in this way, they came to understand about improving character. They also learned that Dafa practitioners are good people who are guided by truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Other family members have also benefited, even though they don't practice. For example, my mother-in-law used to be very devout in worshiping her God, while she cursed people behind their backs. Now she is careful about what she says. Furthermore, she used to not cook for my family. She probably thought that she wouldn't gain benefits from helping her daughter-in-law. We were constantly at odds with each other, and helping each other was the last thing on our minds. Now my mother-in-law prepares the meals every day. When I come home from work, everything is finished. Falandava can help people to regain their kind nature. After several months of practicing cultivation, I truly realized the truth that mind and matter are one thing. At that moment, I woke up. Birth, old age, illnesses, and death are facts of life in this world. The most terrible thing is a person who cannot distinguish between righteousness and evil. In the past, I always judged people based on my opinion of what they said and did. Now, when thinking about something or someone, I make sure that my mind follows the characteristic of the universe, truthfulness, compassion, forbearance. Falun Dafa is deeply rooted in my heart by a Chinese practitioner in the U.S. The first time I heard about Falun Gong was back in May 1994 when I went back to China to visit my family. I quickly flipped through John Falun and found it too deep to understand. After we returned to the States, my husband couldn't stop talking about how good Falun Gong is. I kept wondering how he, with a doctoral and a master's degree in science, could be so into Qigong. The first time we received the audio tapes of Master Li's nine-day lecture in Jinan, my husband and I anxiously finished the tapes within two days. I was saying to myself, so that was the truth of life. It sounded reasonable, but Is it real? How could I give up the idea of seeking material interests as the purpose of life, 
it was too difficult for me. Then, in October 1995, my mother died of cancer. I was in deep shock and thought a lot. I couldn't understand why she would leave this world at the age when she could enjoy her life after decades of hard work. Under the influence of my husband, I tried to read the book several times, but never finished it due to the strong attachments I had and other forms of interference. In March 1997, I was fortunate enough to attend the Fallen Dafa Conference in New York City and listen to Master Lee's lecture. At that time, I still had not finished reading Tron Falun and was full of all kinds of attachments. I had only vague ideas of what Master Lee was saying, but I could feel an unspeakable force shaking very hard in the bottom of my heart. After the conference, my husband asked me if I would become a true cultivator. I said yes. Then, the very next day, my watch and diamond ring disappeared when I was staying at my friend's house. They were nowhere to be found. I also faced tribulations and conflicts with my mother-in-law. I have never been able to get along with my mother-in-law since I married my husband. I'm a strong-minded person. I'm always concerned about how other people think of me and fear their criticizing or taking advantage of me. My mother-in-law is a straightforward person with a sharp tongue, and she favors her son. In her eyes, I can never do right while he is never wrong. When I had my first child in 1995, she came to help and stayed with us. There were conflicts one after the other. I was very stressed out and upset to the point that I couldn't stand her anymore. I complained to my husband constantly. He turned around and tried to comfort me by showing me what Master Lee said in Juan Falun, but I just couldn't get over the fact that I had to abide by Dafa, enduring and forgiving. After attending the conference in 1997, I realized that I couldn't keep avoiding the obstacles. I made up my mind and prepared myself for anything to come. Sure enough, the next day when we were doing housework together, my mother-in-law started complaining about me sarcastically. Since I was prepared, I was able to keep my composure the whole time. After that, I thought I did pretty well. During that period, I stayed home raising my child and did not go out much. Life was quiet and simple, but my mind did not remain quiet or tranquil. The unfairness and negative comments from my mother-in-law kept popping up in my mind. I did not pay much attention to it at first, but gradually I started to get into fights with her in my mind. Even though I had started practicing the exercises, I did not spend much time reading Master Lee's books. I was the same person. Nothing had changed deep in my heart. I became resentful. I even felt that I was rather stupid not to protect my own interests when I was tested. I should reason with her 
and decide who is right and wrong. Little by little, I went back to being an ordinary person. Although I had stopped studying the teachings and exercising, I still liked to watch the videotapes of Master Lee's lectures at various locations and read other practitioners' experience-sharing articles. Feeling depressed, though, I was not willing to let go of my attachment to fame, interests, and sentimentality. Dafa sounded great, but it was impossible for me to live up to. The problem dragged on until March 1998, when my husband went to the New York FA conference and brought back Master Lee's lecture tapes. Once again, I picked up Juan Falun. I told myself this time that I should not put down the book until I finished it. Finally, four years after I first heard about Falun Gong, I finished Juan Falun, and once more, I became determined to be a true cultivator. Immediately following came a test regarding sentimentality between husband and wife. I was very sentimental and self-pitying, valuing very much the affection between husband and wife. My heart would twist and turn whenever my husband did not treat me right or pay attention to me. It was impossible for me to take this sentimentality lightly, let alone give it up. This attachment had been a big barrier, preventing me from being a true cultivator. During that time, for whatever reason, I did not get to spend much time with my husband, and I felt neglected. It seemed as if it were all his fault. I tried to talk to him a few times, but my effort was in vain. I was confused. Once, when I was reading, I came across Master Lee's words in Juan Falun, quote, Whenever there is interference of one kind or another in Qigong practice, you should look for reasons within yourself and determine what you still have not let go. Unquote. Later, in a discussion with another practitioner on the issue, she quoted Master Lee as saying, We should look inward whenever there is a conflict. I realized that the real cause of the issue still was inside of me, no matter how it looked to be his fault superficially. My emotions weighed too heavily on me. I was accusing my husband, feeling my own interests were hurt. I was covering myself using Master Lee's words and going against the true nature of the universe. Having realized the truth, I still found it too hard to let go of the attachment. Feeling the pain of not being able to let go of the attachment, I kept reading the books to help resist the evil thoughts, and gradually I found the attachment becoming more and more trivial. Gradually, my relationship with my husband became harmonious. I have never felt so relieved in my life. I am a full-time working mother with a two-year-old and a four-year-old. Every day I get up at the crack of dawn, and by the time I go to bed, it is usually 10 or 11 o'clock. I used to play with my kids inattentively and try to hide myself away from them 
whenever I could. The less I wanted them to find me, the more they would find me. Sometimes I wished I could have a cultivation environment like practitioners with no children. With such a wrong mentality, I had little patience with the kids. Sometimes I was angry with them. Very soon, I was asking myself what had happened and where was my compassion. Why couldn't I always put others before myself? Isn't the most difficult environment the best opportunity for improvement for a practitioner? So I started watching Master Lee's nine-day lecture videos with them, and I read Juan Falun to them. Since I have calmed myself, the children have changed as well. My four-year-old insists on having me read the book when he goes to bed. The little one doesn't allow me to turn the light off until she falls asleep, so I can read while sitting by her bed. Even though I made up my mind to be a cultivator again in 1998, I still failed to improve the bumpy relationship with my mother-in-law. I had chosen to stay away from her to minimize unnecessary contact. At the beginning of this year, my parents-in-law decided to visit us again in the U.S. I was quite nervous at the time and did not wish them to come. I told my husband, We are absolutely able to take care of our kids by ourselves. All you want to do is lie back since your parents will help you. What's wrong with us enduring a little bit more hardship? I knew that I was wrong, but still used Dafa as an excuse to cover myself up. Believe it or not, my parents-in-law decided not to apply for visas after all. The trip was postponed. I thought to myself that I had lucked out. I attended the New York Falun Dafa Conference in March of 1999. I was deeply moved by other practitioners' cultivation experiences, and I was also able to find where I lagged behind. The day after I came back home, my parents-in-law phoned and said that they were going to apply for visas. Several days later, we learned that they would visit that May. At this time, I began to calm down and realized that my attachment could not be gotten rid of without a difficult environment. My fear of facing my mother-in-law was in itself an attachment that I must let go of. On the day of my in-law's arrival, I volunteered to pick them up at the airport. For the following days, I encountered many opportunities to improve my character. Sometimes I was able to overcome the obstacle, and sometimes not. There were occasions when I seemed to conduct myself according to Dafa, but it was not from the bottom of my heart. When that happened, the same obstacle would occur again. In every conflict, if my attachment surfaced, the atmosphere would change negatively too. After arriving, my parents-in-law planted many kinds of vegetables in the backyard and spent a lot of time and effort gardening. One day, after I came back from work, my mother-in-law told me that some of the newly grown plants were cut evenly as if by a pair of scissors. 
she questioned me and made oblique accusations. I immediately sensed that she suspected me. I felt unfairly treated and upset. Very soon I calmed down and realized that what had just happened was not accidental. I did not have the right mindset when I was answering her questions and was only concerned about being wrongly blamed, and I did not put myself in her shoes. Once I calmed down, I started to help her find out what had happened to the plants. Later, I put a garden fence around the vegetables. A few days later, my mother-in-law told me that she discovered that it was a squirrel that had eaten the plants. During one of the conversations with my husband, I said that my mother-in-law seemed to have changed this time. He responded, I don't think she has changed. She still speaks the same way and treats you the same way. It is you who has changed. Before going back to China, my father-in-law said to me, You have become mature since you started practicing Falun Gong. Your mother-in-law has not made any negative comments about you in front of me yet. My mother-in-law also said to me, How can you be so energetic after a long, busy day? Ever since July 1999, Dafa has encountered unprecedented tribulations. Like many other practitioners, I went to Washington, D.C. While there, I had many opportunities to work with other practitioners to promote Dafa. I saw how other practitioners were always trying to understand everything based upon the principles of Dafa. Whatever they did or said, it always had to be with compassionate hearts and a calm and peaceful manner. By contrast, I found myself nervous, unsettled, and easily excited, but I realized that it was indeed a good cultivation environment, and I found myself understanding quite a bit. Initially, I thought I would be in D.C. for only a day. After I arrived, I felt that I should stay longer. Then I was wondering how to ask my boss for time off. I work for a small company, and I have responsibilities that are difficult for others to cover. There was a project pushing a deadline. However, I had only one thought in my mind. I had to stay, even at the cost of my job. I phoned my boss and tried my best to explain to him the situation and my willingness to make up with overtime as soon as I got back. My boss was not very happy and hinted that I might lose my job. After the conversation, I was worried most of the day. Letting go of the attachment of personal interest is always easier said than done. After repeated mental struggles, I uncovered my attachment to fear, fame, and personal gain. After coming back from D.C., I had a frank conversation with my boss. I also completed my project on time. Two weeks later, my boss gave me a raise. Looking back at my cultivation path, I nearly passed by Dafa. Master Lee's benevolence 
has been giving me opportunities all along. He handed me this great law of the universe and helped purify my body. Master Lee takes every single opportunity to help me abandon all my attachments to become a true practitioner. He helped me discover the truth of life. I know I still have a lot of attachments to get rid of and have a long way to go in my cultivation. However, Dava is deeply rooted in my heart. Nothing and nobody can shake my determination and resolve to be a true cultivator. Our class is now well-behaved by a young practitioner in Taiwan. I am a sixth-grade student attending elementary school. Shortly after school began this semester, my teacher asked us how to read a book called Dram Falun. She also taught the students in my class how to do the Falun Gong exercises. I have found that reading this book has been very good for me. Before I read Dram Falun, I would easily lose my temper, but now I have learned to control it better. Sometimes I would also fight with my younger brother, but now I never fight with him, as my temperament has improved. Before the students started to practice Falun Gong, we were very noisy and would fight with each other during our break time. Since we started to practice Falun Gong, we behave very well. Before, when the boys in my class decided they disliked a certain girl, I followed them and stopped talking to her. After reading Dram Falun, I went to her and apologized, which made her very happy. When the boys say bad words to her, she wants to retaliate and return the abuse, but I convince her not to do so. Through this, we've become good friends. A while ago, I read Dram Falun twice, but I did not understand what genuine cultivation practice was. Now, I have finally realized that the principles stated in Dram Falun need to be applied in our daily lives. I will spend my summer holiday time diligently reading Dram Falun and practicing the exercises. I will take care of my younger brother and I will never fight with him. I will never say bad words to other students and moreover, I will change my bullying character and get along with my classmates. Certainly, I must thank the author of Dram Falun, our great merciful master. The Most Fortunate Beings in the Cosmos by a Western Practitioner in the UK The age of 89 may seem a bit late to start a new commitment for the remainder of one's life. Two and a half years ago, I received out of the blue a letter from an old friend telling me about Falun Gong, of which I had not previously heard. We had not been in contact for 10 years, but we had practiced another spiritual path together, and I knew that he would not commit himself without a very good reason. We met and talked, and he gave me a copy of the main text of Falun Gong, Juan Falun. I had an inner sense that I was being given a great opportunity after 30 years of frustrated spiritual search. Like most people in the West, I had not had much contact with China, 
or with what has been a pretty remote cultural universe of Chinese Buddhism and Taoism. No doubt many of us have found that it is not easy to grasp some of the translated Chinese terminology. The Taoist understanding of energy had hardly begun to penetrate the West before acupuncture entered the scene. These must have been familiar problems for others, and they confront us in seeking to spread the practice. Once I started practicing, however, I felt encouraged. The exercises have given me more energy. I need an hour's less sleep and expect to reduce this even further. I have always enjoyed good health, but the aftermath of three bouts of pneumonia over the years had left a constantly recurring cough, which has now disappeared. I had had a tiresome skin ailment for three years, for which on advice I had arranged surgery, but I cancelled the surgery and the condition cleared up completely in a few weeks. The West has had its own unacknowledged great cultural revolution in the last 100 years when its belief system and values were almost entirely submerged in populist assumptions by the shallow metaphysics of a materialist science. Materialism, accompanied by a naive faith in technology as the solution to every problem, has swept over every continent at an accelerating pace, leaving in its wake the wreckage of traditional values in spite of efforts by a minority of people to cling to them. But we have been given the answers to all the main problems in Juan Falun. Each time I read it, new depths of truth leap out. We all know that Master Li has, by his saving presence and unceasing work, filled the moral void and, in the immense sweep of his vision, revealed a new rational understanding of the cosmos. Shock treatment may be inevitable as part of divine therapy for what we are doing to the world, but a healthier, less selfish and more cooperative global world community will emerge, showing in the human sphere that the essential qualities of all life, as of the great universe, are truthfulness, compassion and forbearance. I have myself witnessed firsthand the global degeneration seeing in Asia, Africa and the Americas as well as in Europe the erosion of traditional values. I entered diplomatic service on leaving Cambridge, spending 40 years divided equally between the Foreign and Commonwealth Office at home and service abroad, specialising in Commonwealth relations, a constantly evolving process as the British Empire was transformed into 50 independent countries. A child in the First World War, after the Second, I attended peace conferences and the early meetings of the United Nations and went on to strenuous and responsible work in India, Canada, Ghana, New Zealand and Australia, Nigeria and the Bahamas also. I went on to strenuous and responsible work in India, Canada, Ghana, New Zealand and Australia, Nigeria and the Bahamas. On retirement, I spent 15 years in the House of Lords. I was brought up by parents who sought to apply in their lives the teachings of Jesus on truth love and humility, and facing hardship and overcoming attachments had been at the core of my previous spiritual path, which I tried to work on after retirement for 10 years, with some years devoted to yoga. So I was helped by my background to grasp the special character of the opportunity when it came. Writing this article has itself helped me to face up to my own daunting spectrum of failings, There is, of course, no end to what should be done in working on attachments. Mental ones are more difficult than physical. As a human being, I am largely unaware of them. I am a moral coward, not wanting to be laughed at, even though it can obviously do no harm. How absurd. 
I am stuck in my lifestyle and used to a soft life. It is tempting in old age to opt out of activity, making increasing limitations an excuse and carrying on with former interests. All your priorities must eventually change when you undertake the practice. Even at so late a stage, I know that I have found my way at last with a new horizon, a fresh understanding, and thanks to the exercises, more energy. But that misses the point. We have been given an inconceivable privilege, and I certainly regard myself as one of the luckiest men of my generation. We have been given an inconceivable gift, and we face the challenge to be worthy of it and to do more to give others the same opportunity. Thank you for listening to Hearts and Minds Uplifted, a special series brought to you by Minghui Radio. For more information, including news about the persecution of Falun Gong practitioners in China and experience sharing stories by practitioners around the world, please visit our website at en.minghui.org. <laughs>